0: Hello and welcome to episode 361 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terence M. Stanton. We are recording on Wednesday, November the 23rd, 2022, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we are continuing to look at Professor Plinio Correa de Oliveira's wonderful thoughts on Our Lady of Fatima, which he wrote about this topic repeatedly for his magazine called Legionnaire and this article is from May Fourteenth, 1944. Let's take a look at it and I'll have some things to say as well. The professor begins by saying nearly 30 years ago, the first world conflagration was headed towards its decline. Contain the initial impetus of the Teutonic invasion, the French were willing to reconquer the lost territory. For senior politicians and military observers, the ultimate success of the struggle was no longer in doubt. The entire German strategy had been based on the hope of the triumph of the Blitzkrieg. The first card would be played with intense possibilities of success. But she was the only one. The Germans had lost it. The rest, for the Allies, was just a matter of time. The financiers, the sociologists, the politicians have already started their buzz in the antechambers and backstage to find out how the world would be reorganized after the war. And this, while on the battlefields, the fighting was still raging. And the German cannons thundered not far from Paris. This hubbub was of real importance. It was even more important than the roar of cannons. On the battlefields, a war already decided in Ratis was settled. In the cabinets, a war was not liquidated, but a new era was elaborated. The future was no longer in the boom of machine guns, but in the poor pollers of graduates and technicians. When only the first lines of this new world were beginning to take shape, one of the most important facts in contemporary history took place. In our world, there are many skeptics who do not believe in this fact. Those who are not skeptics are timid and dare not proclaim the facts they believe. Some, for lack of faith and others for lack of courage, do not dare to incorporate this event into contemporary history. But the most serious reasons on which human intelligence can be based are patent, attesting that Our Lady came down from heaven to earth and that she manifested to three little shepherds from an unknown and lost corner of Little Portugal the true conditions, the indispensable foundations for the organization of the world. Hearing this message, humanity would truly find peace. Denied, ignored this message, peace would be false and the world would plunge into a new war. The war came. The war is there. There is thought now as 30 years ago of reorganizing the world again. No moment is more opportune than this to remember the apparition of Our Lady in Fatima. And this all the more as precisely three days ago the church celebrated the liturgical feast of Our Lady of Fatima. I'd like to pause at this point and interject to note that the more things change, the more they stay the same. How much have you heard, my friends, lately about um, the 2030 project for the World Economic Forum, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, or uh, it's time to build back better, and all these other bogus phrases that say that history should be organized around whatever particular secular ruler or businessman or CEO or whomever says it should be organized, instead of Jesus Christ. The Eucharist is the source and the summit of our faith, but the blueprint for the world, the blueprint for the universe is Jesus and his church. Jesus's relationship with his church. Now you can either acknowledge that and live in reality, or you can deny that and continue to obsess about whatever the news tells you to obsess about. And that can drive you insane. And it has driven many people insane over the last three years, obsessing about nonsense, word that they're going to die from the flu, and having themselves injected with a satanic mystery liquid made from murdered babies. Or you can choose to live in reality. You can pursue what's true, what's good, and what's beautiful. And only the fullness of that is revealed in the Catholic religion. Our Lady of Fatima, her appearances there in 1917 in Fatima, Portugal. thats really the seminal event in world history over the past several centuries. And the greatest miracle since biblical times was performed there in October of 1917. And you hear so little about it because the world tries to suffocate us with nonsense and to give us irrational fears or bizarre things to be angry about. And that's not the way society is going to advance. We hear this term progress and being a progressive well the secular progressives are progressing to the edge of the cliff and in many cases a lot of them have already gone over it the only true progress is progress within the moral order professor e michael jones is fond of saying this there is no progress outside the moral order when you have a society where the overwhelming majority of people have utterly forgotten God or have some sort of half-baked conception of who God is, uh, a deist version of God who's the divine clockmaker who kind of winds things up and just lets them go and doesn't care about your day-to-day affairs. Then you have everything that we've seen in our society, all of these problems. It's a nightmare world. The only way back is through Jesus Christ. He's the only way back. There is no progress outside the moral order. No economic plan. No political plan. No military plan. Not getting Donald Trump elected. We have a bunch of fake elections here in America. None of that. No progress outside the moral order. And Our Lady of Fatima will lead us to the truth because the truth is more than one good and holy Catholic priest has said in the past, the truth isn't a something to somebody. It's a man, the God-man, our Lord Jesus Christ. And Our Lady of Fatima leads us to the truth incarnate. So the reason I believe the Holy Ghost inspired me to start this project, the Our Lady of Fatima podcast, and obviously if you've been with us from the beginning, first of all, thank you so much. You know, I, I talk about a lot of different topics, the Society of St. Pius X and contemporary matters in the church and things of that nature. But from now on, I feel that in prayer, I should get back to the initial impetus of this program. It's making the Blessed Mother, specifically under the title of Our Lady of Fatima, more known to the world. And whether you know, six or seven people listen to this podcast or 60,000 or 70,000 listen to it is uh, immaterial to me because I know the Lord acting through Our Lady will make sure that anyone who's meant to hear this will, will hear it. And I hope it's of benefit to you. Professor Plinio continues, let us analyze the fact first. Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta were three shepherds, like there are so many in Portugal, brought up in an area completely isolated from contemporary miasms. They preserved the flower of their baptismal innocence intact, and in the absence of primers and school groups, they developed their personality, their training, their virtue, in contact with the beauties of the countryside, with the charms of the art and popular music from their land, with the gentle austerity of the Christian teachings received from their mother's lips or from the simple and pious magisterium of the parish priest. In them, as in all the children of the church, the grace of God was generous and fruitful, as was the courage with which they responded to it. However, they were nothing more than three excellent children who fulfilled their duties, prayed with a sincere piety, to which a certain laziness was not alien at times, and spent their days conscientiously guarding their father's flocks. It was one of these days. I have to interject for a moment. I'm reminded of the, uh, the fact that Lucia said they would say their Hail Marys very quickly and oftentimes uh, not finish the prayer, just say Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, because they wanted to get back to playing and, and goofing around. They're sweet, innocent children. Professor Plinio continues. They were such extremely simple and ignorant children that they would be incapable of forging any chimera that would finally suggest them. When the first apparitions came, they didn't even know who they were dealing with. Describing in wonder the person who had appeared to them, they portrayed by their words a figure of an elegance, a majesty, a nobility that their imagination as little shepherds would never have been able to forge for free. Immediately, a real persecution befell them. They were in jail. They were threatened with death and even taken to the place of their supposed torture. They behaved with the dignity of the martyrs of the Colosseum. Then they were the object of the indiscreet and frenzied pleasures of the crowd. In the midst of this triumph, they remained sober, simple, disinterested as a Cincinnatus. Interrogated many times separately with a thousand artifices, Destined to induce them to exaggerate or diminish the truth, they always knew how to keep intact. Two of them died, Jacinta and San Francisco, at a young age. Jacinta prophesied her death when nothing would suggest a premature end. And in dying, as she said, she did so by asserting the truth of the revelations. Francisco also testified to the truth of what he had seen until he died. Lucia did not die, but she took the religious habit. Today, she belongs to the congregation of the well-deserved Dorothea sisters. And if I can interject again, remember this, this is written back in 1944. And with her responsibility as the spouse of Jesus Christ, she fully confirms in adulthood the affirmation she had made in her youth. She would be in mortal sin if she did not disprove the visions in case she had faked them in partnership with her little cousins. However, she continually receives the Holy Sacrament with the tranquility of the just. These are the witnesses. The seal of martyrdom, the prestige of innocence, the dignity of the religious habit assures their veracity. Indeed, when in front of a crowd estimated at thousands of people, the little shepherds maintained that they were seeing Our Lady. They did not lie. Everything in his life attests to this. Even your ignorance serves as a credential to these little heralds. Children who, at the time of the apparitions, did not even know who the Pope was, could not invent what they said, just as an illiterate person does not invent a theory of trigonometry, ignoring even the four operations of arithmetic. Having examined the messengers, let us analyze the lady who gave the message. Carry out a test, take several children separately, and ask them to fantasize, As a literary composition, an apparition of Our Lady describing her countenance, her clothes, her physiognomic expressions, her gestures, writing down her words, what would come of it all? How childish, how much grotesque conception, how much, frankly, ridiculous detail. The level of education of the children of Fatima was incomparably lower than that of a child in the city. They didn't know theaters or cinema. They hadn't seen books with figures representing queens because... Another idea of beauty, elegance, and distinction than the one that filtered down to them. And what twilight? Through the female types they saw around them in the village, they had not the slightest notion of the beauty of the various colors and their respective combinations. All this notwithstanding, the lady who appeared to them. They described in sufficient detail to see that she was a figure of sublime beauty, dressed with rare majesty and simplicity. A lady, in fact so different from anything they knew in terms of images, that they wouldn't suspect that she was our lady or even a saint. It was only when the lady declared that they knew who they were dealing with. That lady told you very high things. She spoke to them about the war. She spoke to them about the Pope, which Jacinta, the youngest, did not know existed. She spoke to them about politics and sociology, and these children repeat the message with extraordinary fidelity. Indeed, as the scripture says, God brings forth perfect praise out of the mouths of children. It is time to consider the message. First of all, let us note that she is absolutely orthodox. It is not easy to invent an orthodox message. Lots of, quote, Catholic big shots used for inauguration speeches, morning speeches, etc., etc., etc. takes tremendous care not to prepare a speech that smacks of heresy and drops two or three heresies into his speech. Now all, absolutely all of the words of the Lady to the little shepherds are absolute orthodoxy, dealing with very complex themes she never once erred in doctrine. Positively, this could not be the invention of small shepherds. But there's more. Our Lady's message, which came precisely at the crucial moment in which the post-war period was being prepared, Disregarding the ostentatious manifestations of false patriotism and scientism by the quote technicians placed everything in its unique and fundamental terms with great simplicity. War was a punishment of the world for all its impiety, for the impurity of its customs, for its habit of transgressing Sundays and holy days. This settled, all matters would resolve themselves. This unresolved, all solutions would solve nothing. And if the world did not listen to the voice of the lady, if it did not respect these principles, a new conflagration would come preceded by an extraordinary celestial phenomenon. And this conflagration would be far more terrible than the first. If I could pause for a moment, that's precisely what I was talking about a few moments ago. Professor Plinio saying that there's, in effect, that there's no progress outside of the moral order. In other words, if, You know, the transgressions against Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation. I know in previous apparitions, Our Lady had talked about um, taking our Lord's name in vain. You know, violations of the Ten Commandments. The Lord takes these things very seriously. Again, you can talk about politics. You can talk about economics until you're blue in the face. But until you put first things first, until you take God's law seriously— Nothing in the world will be resolved. Nothing in the world will be changed. The professor continues. The technicians, who are today the kings of the earth, together with the bankers, gather at convenerant in Unum Adversus Dominus. They built a peace without Christ, a peace against Christ. The world has sunk further into sin, despite Our Lady's message. Once again, remember, he's writing in 1944. How much worse is it today? 2022 as I'm recording this. In Fatima, miracles multiplied by the dozens, by the hundreds, by the thousands. There they were, accessible to all, open to examination by all physicians of all races and religions. Conversions no longer had a number. And all this notwithstanding, no one listened to Fatima. Some doubted without wanting to study. Others denied it without examining. Others believed but didn't have the courage to say it. The lady's voice was not heard. More than 20 years have passed. One fine day, strange signs were seen in the sky. It was an aurora borealis, reported by all telegraph agencies on earth. From the depths of her convent, Lucia wrote to her bishop, it was the sign and soon the war would come. War came soon enough. It's there. And today it's time to, quote, reorganize the world again in the last flashes of this potentially already won fight. Si wocum eus hodie autoritas, nolite abdura corda vestra. If today you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, says the scripture. Our Lady's message given to the world through the little shepherds on her feast day Once again, the voice of Fatima reached us. Let us not harden our hearts because only then will we have found the way to true peace. Absolutely. So ends the article. True and lasting peace only comes through Jesus Christ. That bumper sticker is very accurate if you've ever seen it. No Jesus, no peace, no Jesus, no peace the K-N-O-W first and then the N-O after that. If we know Jesus, if we recognize Jesus, if we follow Jesus, if we become his disciples, if we listen to what Our Lady of Fatima is saying and has echoed throughout the centuries, do whatever he tells you, our Lord's first public miracle, Our Lady is intimately tied up with that. If we do whatever Jesus tells us, then and only then, will the world be one for him. Then and only then will we have peace. Not a moment before. Let us conclude by taking a look once more at helping autism through learning and outreach located at halo-soma.org. That's halo-soma.org. And please listen, if you haven't already done so, to episode 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. I interviewed my sister and one of my wonderful nieces. I have twin nieces about RPM, otherwise known as rapid prompting method. Some call it typing to communicate. It has helped so many people who have non-speaking autism and their families. My niece is a comprehensive genius. She's a great composer, a mathematician. She has so many skills. We would not have known any of this were it not for RPM. We believe that communication is a human right and someday RPM will be regarded with the same prestige as sign language. Sign language was initially discounted and called pseudoscience or whatever, but I've seen it firsthand, my friends, rapid prompting method works. So check out that website, share it with family members and friends who have non-speakers in their families. It is nearly miraculous. H-A-L-O hyphen S-O-M-A dot org. And let us pray for help and for healing for our non-speaking friends and family members. Almighty and eternal God, healer of those who trust in you through the intercession of St. Raphael Archangel, hear my prayer for non-speakers and their families. In your tender mercy, restore them to spiritual and bodily health that they may give you thanks, praise your name, and proclaim your wondrous love to all. I ask this through Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. The Memorare to St. Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto you, my spiritual father, and beg your protection. O foster father of the Redeemer, despise not my petitions, but in your goodness hear and answer me. Amen. O oh my Jesus, it is for love of thee, for the conversion of sinners and in reparation for sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer this sacrifice to thee. The three Hail Marys in honor of Our Lady's Immaculate Purity. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tuum mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus nunc, et mortis nostrae, Amen. Ave Maria, Gratia plena, Dominus Tecum, benedicta Tuum mulieribus, benedictus fructus pentris Tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et mortis nostrae Amen. Ave Maria, Gratia plena, Dominus Tecum, benedicta Tuum mulieribus, benedictus fructus pentris Tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et mortis nostri. Amen. And a Gloria Patri for a special intention. Gloria Patri, et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto, Sicuderat in Principio, et nunc, et Semper, et in saecula Seculorum, Amen. Virgo Potens, ora per nobis, Sancti Joseph, Terra Daimonem, ora per nobis, Sancto Raphael Arcangeli, ora per nobis, Patris, et Fili, et Spiritu Sancti, Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 361 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast in your charity. Please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. All the shows are archived there. You can also listen basically anywhere you get your podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Podcast Addict, CastBox, all over the place, most especially though. Please pray for the eternal salvation of all Catholic bishops. They need your prayers. Goodbye, and God love you.